This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. The first steps in this process will begin in the months ahead, following the conclusion of the Defense Policy Review early next year. In addition, we will enter into discussions immediately with Boeing on the acquisition of an interim fleet of 18 Super Hornets to address the capability gap. Right, welcome to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge with you. That was Defense Minister Harjit Sajjan announcing today that the government will be immediately exploring the acquisition of 18 Boeing Super Hornet jet fighters. They say there is an urgent need in the Air Force for new planes. And blaming the previous government for dragging its feet in replacing our aging fighter jets. Now, what about the F-35 during the election campaign? Justin Trudeau had promised not to buy the F-35 stealth fighter. Now, this goes all the way back to Jean Chrétien. When he was prime minister, the Canada entered the consortium with other countries to develop the new F-35 stealth fighter. Uh, And the conservatives supported that process. Now the liberals saying that maybe we still will. But those fighter jets are still a ways away, and we've got an issue right now. So why has this been such an issue? Why has this taken so long? Though here we are in 2016, and we still don't know what kind of fighter jets our Air Force is going to have. Well, David Berkison uh, has watched this for some time, has written about it. He's director of the Center for Military Security and Strategic Studies at the University of Calgary, uh, also area director of international policy with the School of Public Policy at the U of C. Dr. Berkison, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Well, what do you make of this announcement today? Uh, It's uh, putting off till tomorrow what you can do today. There's been... So much study of the various options. Uh, There's been a a secret committee of the government that was formed about two years ago that looked into the various options. There have been at least a dozen countries around the world. Many of them are NATO partners that have examined the options. And it all comes down to the same thing, which is uh, to buy the F-35 which is the fighter plane of the future and not the uh, Super Hornet, which is a a very good aircraft uh, currently in use by the U.S. Navy, but uh, soon to be obsolescent and uh, certainly won't carry us through uh, the next several decades. And I I think this purchase that the government is announcing today uh, is not one that would carry us through the next several decades, but would carry this government through possibly the next election before a decision is made about the new fighter jet. Now, the argument against the F-35s is that this has been problematic. There have been cost overruns, there have been delays, there have been other problems. So how much should that factor into to the government's decision? 
the government's got to know by now that uh, uh, the F-35, uh, yeah, the F-35's had cost overruns and it has had delays. And uh, there is uh, the possibility that it will continue to, to have problems in the immediate future. It is, a, uh, after all, a brand new piece of, uh, piece of kit and uh, troubles show up on these aircraft sometimes uh, for years after they're actually introduced into action. But the bottom line is this, that the United States has ordered some 2,700 of these aircraft. There is no alternative aircraft being developed by the United States. Uh, The U.S.'s NATO partners, uh, such as uh, Britain, Denmark, Norway, and so on, are all buying this aircraft. The Australians are buying the aircraft. There's no alternative. It's it's this plane. There is no And the Americans will make it work because they have to. Uh, and that means that uh, it, it the same thing will apply to Canada, that whatever we buy is going to be a workable, uh, perfectly functioning aircraft. And... Uh, to point to the problems that it's had over the past 10 years or so, well, you know, uh, the Boeing Super Hornet had problems too when it was first developed, as did the CF-18s. I mean, it's just, this is just a fact of life. Well, and you mentioned some of the countries that, that are obviously committed to or interested in the F-35. It stands out to me that Israel is on that list because the Israelis don't mess around when it comes to their own security. So they're not going to buy a lousy plane just to please the Americans. They're going to buy the best plane. So that, to me, is significant. Yes, and it, it ought to be significant, and you're right. Uh, they're very careful about what they buy. They don't have... Uh, zillions of dollars for their defense budget. They have a defense budget that's pretty healthy for a country of that size, but they are very careful about what they buy. Uh, They're always looking for multi-role fighter jets, and their fighter jets, as you've said, have been in combat many times over the last several decades. Uh, They want the F-35 and only the F-35. Right. Well, we're in a position now as a country where we need replacements... um rather soon, obviously. Our, our current fleet is, is outdated. If, if the F-35s are still years away, where, where does that leave us in the interim? Well, there's two answers to that. First thing is we're not getting a straight answer out of the defense establishment in Ottawa because uh, the minister is saying one thing and uh, the Air Force is saying something else. Uh, the Air Force has been telling the press, sometimes openly, sometimes off the record, that uh, the CF-18s can fly for another five years, uh, whereas uh, the minister has been uh, insisting for the past uh, six to seven months that uh, that's just not possible. The aircraft are uh, basically on their last legs. So we're getting two different messages from the defense establishment. And by the way, it's very rare in Canada because uh, governments keep the, the, the generals very, very close, keep the generals very, very close and are very careful of what they will allow generals to say. So that's number one. Number two, um, these aircraft have been declared operational by the uh, United States uh, Marine Corps and by the United States Air Force, and they are flying. So, um, you know, when, when Mr. Trudeau said in the House of Commons, uh, I don't know, a month or two ago that the the airplane doesn't work, it doesn't fly, and so on and so forth. Uh, he simply did not know what he was talking about. 
All right, so the position they've staked out today is that maybe we still might buy the F-35s, but in the meantime, we're going to buy these other planes. Does this jeopardize our involvement in the consortium? Well, it doesn't, it doesn't, because what, they're see, what they seem to be saying is this is an interim measure, uh, and this measure will uh, fill the gap between now and when we really, really requ- will require replacement of the CF-18s in five years or so. That's what they're saying. And presumably, one can conclude that the F-35 and Lockheed Martin, the company that builds it, will be asked to join the competition. Uh, And I think that's probably the truth because uh, we're probably looking at a multi-billion dollar lawsuit against the government if Lockheed Martin is not allowed to join the competition. So the promise that that Mr. Trudeau made during the election campaign was um, ill-founded, to say the least, and I think the government now recognizes that they can't carry through with that promise. You can't promise to have an open competition competition except for one company. That's not an open competition by definition. Right. So that that's where we're now. We're starting a new process over again, and that will have to include Lockheed Martin. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, this will be, in a sense, the third iteration of this process. Right. Well, as you noted recently, this has a lot of echoes to, to the uh, ongoing saga around the uh, the, the helicopters uh, yeah. and, and replacing the, the Sea Kings. Is, is this the same thing all over again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Without question. It's uh, decisions were made. Uh, politicians intervened. Uh, politicians lost their nerve. And I'm not going to say which party did the intervention, which party lost its nerve, and so on and so forth. I don't want to get into that, Mm -hmm. but it's exactly the same thing, and it's something that we seem to be very prone to in this country. Well, is it the problem of the politicians, or is part of the problem our whole procurement process? Well, I think our procurement process has has, uh, really been damaged for a long time by political intervention. Um, decisions that are made not necessarily because we're buying the right kit uh, or because this is something the military really needs, but decisions that are made because somebody says in the House, this is too expensive, you didn't tell us the truth, or you got a story in the press that says, well, you know, the nuts fall off of this wheel and they don't uh, stay, the tires don't stay on the other wheel and all kinds of things. Some of these things do happen. It took, it took the British between the late 1930s and 1941 almost five years to bring the Spitfire into production just before the Second World War. And that was a very less sophisticated aircraft than this one is. All right. Well, we'll see how it all unfolds from here. Uh, Dr. Berkison, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Appreciate okay, it. Okay, thank you. Take care. That's uh, David Berkison, Director of the Center for Military uh, Security and Strategic Studies at the University of Calgary, also Director with the School of Public Policy at the UFC. So Canada committed a long time ago to the F-35. As David Berkison sees it, it's probably still our best bet. It's the plane of the future. It's the plane that the Americans, a lot of our NATO allies, are going to rely on. Canada's going to do, I guess, now another open competition. So the Liberals have flip-flopped a little bit on this because they said during the election campaign that they would not buy the F-35. The F-35 contract was done, it was finished, we didn't want those planes. 
But then, as Dave Bergeson points out, they even flip-flopped a little bit on that to say that we'd have an open competition. Well, how can you have an open competition when you've specifically said that we don't want those people or that plane? So, here we are now that this open process will apparently include Lockheed Martin and the F-35. In the meantime, we're going to fix up some of these CF-18s. We're going to buy 18 new Super Hornet jets. So that's Boeing that makes those planes. Now, Boeing today is saying, well, this is great. These are great planes. Canada, this is all Canada needs. These Super Hornets are terrific, and uh, Canada would be uh, better off going in that direction. So that's what they're saying, and, you know, not a big surprise. Uh, here's the, the quote, the exact quote from uh, a statement from Boeing. So the Super Hornet can fulfill Canada's immediate needs for a sovereign and North American defense. Super Hornets, advanced operational capabilities, low acquisition and sustainment cost, and Boeing's continued investment in the Canadian aerospace industry, $6 billion over the past five years alone, make the Super Hornet a perfect complement to Canada's current and future fighting fleet. But on it goes. This goes back to 1997, when the Kretschian government joined this consortium to develop the new F-35s. So, look, this is going to be costly one way or another. What's the best plane for us going forward? Let's take a break, and we'll come back. Uh, we'll play for you a little bit more of what's being said today. We'll get to your calls as well, 403-974-8255. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.